for that, all right? Take your Bible and turn to Mark chapter 10. We're going to continue our message from this morning on I once was blind, but now I see. There was a purpose to that. And, and you know something? I, a lot of these children's songs, you learn so much real truth from them, don't you? And, 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 and those things, maybe that song is silly, it's got some motions, but you put it along with a good Bible lesson, and all of a sudden you, you put something in the heart of a child that they'll remember when they're an adult, and God can use, right? So these children's songs are important. Uh, I believe it's important for us to sing and to enjoy uh, the Lord, and, and for our children to know that, don't you? Sometimes we get a little too dignified, don't we? We get too, you know, starchy. Some of y'all were a little starchy there, so I figured we'd get some of the starch out of you. Let's look at it. Look at uh, Mark chapter 10. We'll start there in verse number 46. Do you want to stand for the reading of God's Word? I just sat down, so let's stand. Get some exercise in tonight, right? Mark chapter 10, verse 46. It says, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples a great, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the high, highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. So we're going to preach on, I once was blind, but now I see. Lord, pray that you would please um, bless the, the preaching and teaching of your word tonight. Uh, God, I pray that if there are any here that are blind, Lord, I pray that you would uh, open their spiritual eyes tonight. God, I pray that they would be saved. Uh, Lord, and all of us here know people uh, that are spiritually blind, Lord, that, that need to be saved. And God, I pray that you give us a heart for them. Give us, first of all, compassion and a heart for them. Lord, help us to remember what it's like. And Lord, may we have that, that, that command that you've given to go out and to reach them with your gospel. Uh, Lord, I pray that you just give us a burden. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Uh, this morning we were talking on this subject, if I once was blind, but now I see. We talked about, the first thing we talked about, uh, was the condition of Bartimaeus, the condition of Bartimaeus. We saw that he was blind and that he was a beggar. This, this man was let out each day. He sat by the, the, way, the, the, the highway side there, hoping and begging, uh, hoping that somebody would come by. He never saw a sunrise, never saw a sunset. Uh, he was blind and, and he had no hope, but we found out this morning there is hope in Jesus. Amen. He is that light of the world. He is the one that uh, became poor for our sake so that we could be rich. And so we see his condition. He was blind. He was a beggar. We see the cry of desperation there in verse 47. It says that when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, uh, it, it was a cry of hope. He heard that it was Jesus and it gave him hope. It was a cry of desperation. He cried out. He, he, he didn't know if Jesus was coming back again. He wanted to make sure he got him. He wanted to get a hold of his attention. So it was a cry of desperation. But also it was a cry for mercy. It wasn't on his merit. It wasn't on anything that he could do or, or, or could give. He was crying out to Jesus and he said, Lord, have, or, Son of David, have mercy uh, on me. And so we see it was a cry there of mercy. And then we see the chastisement of the crowd. Number three, we saw the chastisement of the crowd. I think this is where we ended. We saw the crowd's rebuke. It says they charged him. They told him to be silent, to be quiet, to 
to, to not bother Jesus. But they didn't realize that's why Jesus came, to seek and to save. That's what was lost, right? And, and so they were actually going against what Jesus, the very thing Jesus wanted them to do. But they were rebuking them, telling him to be quiet. But what was this beggar's response? What did he do? It says he cried out yet the more, <laughs> even louder. And he said, Jesus, I've got to have you. And, and he cried out the more, the great deal more, it says there. And he cried out the same thing. I, I didn't get a chance much to talk about this this morning, but this world is trying to silence Christians' voice today, aren't they? Hey, it seems like anything that we do or say, they're trying to silence it. But let me tell you something. We need to be saying the same thing. We need to be saying the same doctrine. We need to be standing on the Word of God. Don't let the world silence you because of some political correctness or, or some, uh, some guilt or something like that. Listen, if it's the Bible, we ought to be standing on it, standing firm on it. And don't let them silence you. And so we see here the beggar's response that he cried the more a great deal. And so we get now down into verse... Let's look at verse number... 48, 49, it says in verse 49, And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying um, unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. So we saw the chastisement of the crowd, but now we see the call of the master. In verse 49, we see the call of the master. And so he's, he, I want you to get the picture of blind Bartimaeus. He's sitting beside the, the road there. He starts shouting out, Jesus. He, he heard his Jesus coming. He starts shouting out, Jesus or, or the son of David, um, he, he says, uh, have, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. So he's shouting out, have mercy on me. The crowd tell him to be quiet. And he starts yelling the more. And, and Jesus, have mercy on me. And it's almost like Jesus was going to go by. But what does he do? The Bible says here that Jesus stood still. You know, it's, Jesus wasn't too busy for this blind beggar on the side of the road. And the Bible says that Jesus stood still. It makes me think about Jesus in that storm. Remember the storm just a few weeks ago we were talking about that. And it's almost like they said that the disciples were like, Jesus was going to pass by them on the sea, walking on the sea. They thought it was a ghost. They were in trouble. And, and what do they do? They shout out for Jesus because they needed help. They were in desperation. And what does Jesus do? He stops. And he comes and he saves them. That's what Jesus wants to do. Jesus, he, he, he's walking along the road and, and, he, and he's, got, he's got something that he's doing. He, he's very busy, but he's never too busy for a blind beggar. He stops and he stands still. Charles Spurgeon talking about this subject, he says, I have heard of Joshua who said, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon. Remember the miracle in the Old Testament where he said, Son, stand still and moon stand in the valley of Agilon. But he says, But I rank the blind beggar above Joshua. For he calls the Son of Righteousness to stand still. Thank about that thought that Jesus, he might be walking by today, but he is willing to listen to the, the cry of a poor beggar. He's not too busy. Uh, what was Jesus doing, by the way? Where was he headed? Does anybody know? He's headed to Jerusalem. He's going from Jericho to Jerusalem. You know what's about to happen? He's about to die on the cross. Hey, look, this is the whole uh, climax of his ministry. Uh, he, he, he has got this, this very important time. It's, it's a critical time, and, and he's busy. And have you ever got that way where you just feel like you're busy? You don't have time for all of these things. You've got this and that to do. But Jesus, he, he wasn't too busy. He wasn't too busy to stop for this poor blind beggar. 
What did verse 45 tell us? The whole purpose of this book, the whole purpose of it. And it, it, Jesus is trying to teach his disciples. The disciples were, were fussing about who's going to be the greatest, right? They're all, they're all worried about the greatest. And, and Jesus looks at them and he tells them, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. What better way for him to nail this thought, nail this subject, this, 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 this truth into the life of his disciples, but to be on the way to the cross, the most important thing, and not be too too busy to stop and help a poor blind beggar. Jesus stood still. You know, I think about how busy we get in our lives sometimes and how all these things sort of take place, but we forget why are we here? We're here to minister. Hey, we're here to help people. You know, sometimes we feel like we get too busy with people. They're a bother to us, right? Uh, they get on our nerves, and, 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 and sometimes it's just tough to deal with them. But why are we here? Jesus was, he, he realized this. He, he knew he was going to the cross, but on his way to the cross, he stopped to help a poor blind beggar. Jesus stood still. So we see not only did he stand still, but, but look at what it says. It says, and Jesus stood still, and he commanded him to be called. Uh, this was one of the most interesting points in this whole passage to me. Jesus could have very easily walked over to where that blind man was, I'm sure. Jesus probably could have said, hey, Bartimaeus, come here. And he could have called him himself. But what did Jesus do? He commanded people to go and bring the blind beggar to him. And let me tell you something. Jesus has commanded us. He has sent us to call blind beggars to him. Hey, he has sent us out. You know, just a couple of ver uh, chapters uh, later, look at Mark 16, 15. Mark 16, 15. And, and he said unto them, talking to his disciples, he says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Hey, don't leave any blind Bartimaeus out. God has sent us. He has sent us. I like John 20, 21, where Jesus says, As the Father has sent me, even so send I you. Hey, look, we need to be about the Father's business. He is sending us. I, I can imagine that, 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 that crowd, that very same crowd that was telling that beggar to be quiet. He's, they're saying, hey, hush, you know, you're bothering Jesus. What, is, what does Jesus do? He turns and he looks at that crowd and says, hey, go get that beggar for me. I'm going I'm I'm to open his eyes. And let me tell you something, Jesus is saying the very same thing to you tonight. You know, we might look around this world and think, man, this is a sin-sick world, and it is. And man, there's some bad things going on in this world, and that's true. But you know what Jesus wants us to do? Jesus wants us to go and, and call that world to Him, to the gospel, so their eyes can be opened. Hey, are we about the Father's business today? I think a lot of us are too busy. A lot of us are walking on by. A lot of us don't take the time to stand still and see that blind beggar on the side of the road, because that is what Jesus was here to do, and that's what we ought to be doing. We ought to be going and preaching and teaching the gospel. I think of in Acts chapter 1, we just memorized this verse the other night in, in, in our, um, our, our, our Wednesday night youth program, uh, how he says, but you shall receive power. This is the last words. Jesus is about to literally go up into heaven, to ascend up into heaven. In Acts chapter 1, he says, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost come upon you, and ye shall be what? Witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, in the uttermost part of the earth. Listen, the last command that he gave was for us to go into all the world. Just like he commanded his disciples to go and get that blind beggar, he has commanded you to take the gospel to the world. What are you doing about it? So they go. I, I, I imagine they might have been a little ashamed. Can you think about it? You know, we were just telling this guy to be quiet, and now we've got to go tell him Jesus wants him. We were wrong. And so they go, and they, they go over to him, and they tell him. And notice their message that they give to it. They said um, in verse number, what are we in? Verse number 49, And they called the blind man, saying unto him, 
Be of good comfort. They brought a message of comfort. They brought a message of peace and of hope. What did we say about blind Bartimaeus? He was there, he had tried all the doctors, and he had no hope of a cure, did he? Hey, he was there, he was begging, he had no really hope of, of changing his situation. But what does Jesus come telling him? Be of comfort. Hey, have some hope. Hey, you know what this world needs us to be going to telling them? Look, we, we, need, to, we need to call sin, sin. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but they don't need to go having us bash them over the head and tell them how horrible and awful they are and all these things. Uh, we need to tell sin is sin. They need to understand they're a sinner. Don't get me wrong. But what they need is some hope. Amen. That's what they need. Amen. Hey, these people are in a place where they, they feel like they're all alone. They feel like they're in darkness. They have no hope. But Jesus comes to them and he says, be of good comfort. Amen. Now notice he, he gave them some hope, some comfort, but also he gave them a command. What did he say? He says, rise. Hey, you know what? He, he was giving that person a choice. That beggar was given a choice. Look, you need to choose to follow Jesus. You need to choose to come to Him. Jesus didn't make him, but He gave him a choice. He, he gave him that, that opportunity. And, and then He says, He calleth thee. <laughs> Think about it. This blind beggar starts yelling out. In desperation, we talked about it this morning, right? He cried in desperation. And, and man, and man he, 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 first Jesus doesn't even hear him, it seems like, and the crowd's telling him to be quiet, but what does he keep doing? He keeps, he keeps, he keeps hollering, he keeps crying out in desperation. And then what, what do they come and tell him? Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. Can you imagine the good news? Can you imagine what Bartimaeus must have been feeling? Hey, he has got the gospel message right here. He calls for you. And let me tell you, this world needs to know that Jesus is calling for them. There is salvation. There is hope. There is forgiveness of sin in Jesus. Have you told anybody about the message of the gospel? Have you told them that Jesus is calling? Jesus says, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Are you telling people about the gospel? That's what Jesus sent his disciples to do. And and that is what he's sending you to do. Yes. So we see the call of the master. Now notice this next verse. This is an interesting point here. It says, and he casting away his garment rose and came to Jesus. So we call it the call of the master, but now we see the casting off of the garment. Uh, blind Bartimaeus, he's sitting there on the side of the road. He's got a garment. It's like an outer garment, almost like a, a blanket, but a big outer garment that's on him. And it's probably all he had. I don't know, but he was a beggar and probably all he had, probably why he kept warm at night, probably... The, one of the most important possessions that this man had. And what does the Bible say that he did when he heard Jesus was calling him? He cast it off. He said, hey, look, I don't know. I don't know how long Jesus is going to be there. I don't know how long he's going to wait on me. I'm going to let nothing hinder me from coming to Jesus. And he cast off that outer garment and he came to Jesus. And look, this tells, talks about two things to me. It talks about our salvation Look, we've got to cast off some things. If we're going to get saved, there are things that hold us back from being saved. And, 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 and uh, you, you see it in, in different passages. A lot of times it's that self-righteousness, that, that idea that we don't need salvation. We don't need God. We've got our religion. We've got our things. We're good enough. We'll, we'll earn our salvation. Well, let me tell you something. That's a garment that you need to cast off. You need to come to Jesus and cast that away and come running to Him. Hey, a lot of people, they're just not ready to get rid of their sin. They're not ready to get rid of that, 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 that sin that they're holding on to. Uh, they don't want to be saved because they don't think they can give it up or whatever. Uh, they think it's gotten them. There's an addiction to them. And let me tell you what that person needs to do. They need to cast off that garment and come to Jesus because Jesus will save them. Hey, a lot of people are just too concerned with this world. They just don't want to give it up, do they? They, they want to have that fun. But let me tell you something. 
What shall a man profit if he shall gain the whole world, right, Brother Wesley, and lose his soul? They need to cast off that garment and come to Jesus. But you know what? I think this can speak to us in our service too, can't it? A lot of times we, we, we're saved, but a lot of times we hold on to things that hinder us from running for Jesus the way that we need to. Uh, you know, in Ephesians chapter 4, look at Ephesians chapter 4 with me. Look at verse number 22. Well, let's start in verse number 20. It says, But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard Him, and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus. So you, you, you've been saved. That you put off, look at this, 22, but you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and, and true holiness. Hey, look, we need to put off some things if we're going to follow after Jesus. We need to get rid of some things, some old man, some sin, some things that keep us from running after Him. Hebrews chapter uh, 12, look at Hebrews chapter 12. Look at verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Notice what it says. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We have a lot of Christians that are holding on to those old garments, don't we? We have a lot of Christians that are allowing things to hinder them from running the race that God has for them. And we need to be like this blind beggar and say, hey, look, I don't care if I never see this garment again. I need Jesus. That's what I need. And I need to run the race that He has set before me. What is it that's holding you back from serving Jesus? What hindrance is it you need to cast off today? And we all have them in our lives, don't we? We all have things in our life that keep us from following the Lord the way that we need to. And this blind beggar got it. He got it. He knew, look, this, this coat means nothing to me if I don't have Jesus. And so he went after Jesus. So the casting off of the old garment. What is it that slows you from following the Lord? What is it that slows you from getting to Jesus? You know what this beggar knew? This beggar knew what, Jesus, what getting to Jesus meant. I think a lot of us don't get that. You know, a lot of us think we can handle it, we've got it, we've got it covered. What did it mean for that beggar, that blind beggar? It meant sight. Hey, it, it, it meant a new life. It meant a, a total change. And yet, we don't realize that. You know, why is it we're, we're afraid to cast off those garments? We, we want to hold on to them because we don't understand what Jesus means. Hey, we don't understand how important it is for us to follow the Lord. We don't understand what reward it is to follow the Lord. And when we do, we'll be willing to get rid of those garments. So he threw them away. Notice this, the casting off of the garment. Look, go back at your text there in Mark chapter 10. It says that he cast off his garment, he rose, he made a decision, he made a choice. He was following after the Lord. And it says, and he came to Jesus. It speaks about haste. These words speak about haste. He didn't do it in a slow way. Could you imagine uh, as he, he was sitting there and they came to him and said, hey Bartimaeus, the, uh, be of good comfort. Rise. Uh, he calleth for thee. And, and, and Bartimaeus is like, you know, look up. Hold on a second. I got, let me take care of this first. All right. You know, I, I don't think that's the way it was at all. Do you? <laughs> he said, hey, he said, he calls for me. He's calling for me. Throw that garment off and he runs to Jesus because he did it with haste. And look, we need, to have a, we need to have a calling on our life. We need to have, do it with haste. We do not need to do it with delay. We, we, a lot of times we say, well, I'll serve the Lord when I get all my, my, these things lined up. But listen, we need to do it with haste. You don't know if you have tomorrow. Uh, you know, we heard about this car accident and this lady and, and all these things. And listen, we don't know if we have tomorrow. We ought to serve the Lord. We ought to serve Him with haste. 
Uh, Isaiah 55 verse 6 says, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Hey, look, listen to me. If you're here tonight and this message has been speaking to you, there's some people in here, maybe you have religion, but you don't have Jesus, you're not saved. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Seek the Lord while He may be found. He's coming by today. He might not be here tomorrow. You don't know. You might not be here tomorrow. Seek Him while He may be found. I think of, 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 the, of, of Paul as he's there and he's in prison and he's speaking and they had that King Felix. It was Felix, wasn't it? Felix it was there and he was talking to him and it talked about how he, he preached to him of righteousness and of temperance and of judgment, I think is what it said to come. And, and Felix looked at him and, 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 he, and the Bible says that Felix trembled that the Lord was convicting Felix that he needed to, tri- to believe the gospel, to trust the gospel. And do you know what he said? He looked at him and he said, I'm going to wait for a more convenient time. Uh-huh. A convenient time. Uh-huh. And you know, we, 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 see no op- we, we see no recording of Felix ever having another opportunity. That's right. Hey, we don't see where Paul went back and won Felix to the Lord. That would be a wonderful story, but it's not there. As far as we know, Felix died and went to hell because he didn't trust the Lord. Hey, if God is calling you tonight to salvation, do it tonight. Hey, look, if God's calling you to further service for Him, don't, don't, don't put it aside. Don't wait for a more convenient time. I'll do it when I get older. I should, you know, and then you're going to say, I should have done it when I was younger, right? Do it now. Do it now. Serve the Lord now. Come to Him just like this blind beggar. Throw those things away that, 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 would, that would hinder you and come to the Lord. So we see the, the call of the Master. We see the casting of the garment. And then ver, uh, verse 51, we see the confession of the need. He says, and Jesus answered and said to him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? We see, first of all, we see the question asked, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Is this kind of a silly question, you think? I mean, all right, we have this blind guy. I'm sure he knows Jesus knows he's blind. And, and, and he walks up to him, and, and Jesus looks at him and says, Hey, what you, what you want? You know? Um, and I, can you imagine, well, Jesus, um, you know, I'm blind. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like. Uh, well, Jesus, you know, I, I wish that you could uh, save my aunt. You know, you know, whatever. I don't know. It seems like kind of a silly question, doesn't it? But what was the purpose? Why is it that Jesus is asking this? Jesus knew that this man was blind. Jesus knew that he needed to, to be cured. He knew that he, he needed that. But what was the purpose? Well, the purpose is found in the next part. Look at what it says. And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Hey, it wasn't that... that Jesus needed to know the need. Jesus wanted us to acknowledge our need. Um, you know, have you ever wondered why you pray? It's not to inform Jesus. He knows it, right? He understands all things, knows all things. It's not to inform Him. It's so that we can acknowledge our need and we can acknowledge our dependence on Him. We realize that this, this blind beggar needed to understand something. The only way I'm going to be saved is if Jesus knows I need it and He opens my eyes. That's the only way. Notice what He did here. It says, And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Hey, he called him Lord. That, that word Lord, it means rabbi, it means master. Remember that's what Mary did when she was in the garden, whenever Jesus was, uh, right after the resurrection, and she looked at him and she said, Master, Lord, rabbi. It was a personal thing. What was he calling him before? He says, 
He says, thou son of David. He's saying, I know you're the Messiah. I know you're the promised one. But what does it come down to? It comes down to a personal thing. Salvation is personal. Salvation is a personal experience. It's not some intellectual ascent to some creed or some truth that, or some teaching. It's not that. It's coming to the Lord personally and saying, Lord, I need you. That's what I need. And that's what he, Jesus was forcing this man to acknowledge his need of a Savior. And look, if you're here today and maybe you've said a prayer, maybe you've gone through a class, maybe you've done this, but you have never come to the Lord Jesus Christ personally and ask Him to, to save you. You've never started a relationship with Him. That's what it's all about. That's what the truth of this passage is saying. He said, Lord, Rabbi, I teach Master. Please, I need my sight. So He says, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And the last thing here, we see the cure of His blindness. Look at verse number 52. It says, And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. So we see the cure for his blindness. Now, what, first of all, what was the cause of the cure? Look at what it says. He says, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. <laughs> it boiled down to faith, didn't it? What was it that, that caused him to be made whole? It was faith. He, he, he knew who Jesus was. This blind man knew who Jesus was. And this blind man knew what Jesus could do for him. And he believed it. And Jesus healed him. Uh, Romans chapter 10, it, all it takes is a simple prayer. And look at Romans chapter 10. I think we quote it sometimes. But let's look at it. See what it says. Look at verse number 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Hey, knowing who He is, right? That's what it's about. Knowing who Jesus is. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. This is the Son of God. Not some created being. This is the Son of God. And He came to this earth. And He bled and He died for me. That is who He is. Notice what it says. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Hey, look, if we confess, we know who Jesus is. We know what He can do for us. And we come to Him in simple a prayer of salvation, a prayer of faith. The Bible says He will save us. Isn't it great how God responds to the simple faith? Hey, I don't know that this, I, I doubt this blind man knew everything that was going on. I don't think he understood exactly where Jesus was headed. I don't know that he understood all the, the implications of the cross. And I don't know if he knew about the church that was about to be started. I don't know that he knew all of these truths and all of this stuff. But he knew this. He knew he was blind. He knew that Jesus was coming by and wanted to, wanted to heal his blindness. And he went to him in simple faith. And God, Jesus, responds to simple faith. Uh, sometimes we make it way too complicated, don't we? <laughs> Don't, uh, do you complicate things? I complicate things greatly. I'm good at it. Uh, sometimes I just make it difficult, don't we? But what does God want? What is it that pleases Him? Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And that's what we need to do. We need to come to Him like this simple blind beggar. Now look, if you've not been saved, this is the way you get saved. You need to come to Him by faith. But look, then serving Jesus, we need to come to Him with simple faith sometimes, don't we? Hey, we need to come to Him saying, Lord, look, I don't know all this. I don't understand all this. But I'm coming to you with faith, believing that you can. That's what He rewards. It says He's a reward of them that diligently seek Him. That's what Hebrews 11.6 says. And so we need to come to Jesus with simple faith. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Now notice the second thing. So we see the cause of the cure. We see the per permanence of the cure. Look at verse number 
um, 52 again. He says, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. That word whole there, it's in the perfect tense. I, I'm not much of a grammar person, but it's in the perfect tense, which means it was made whole and it stayed in a whole condition. All right? So it was made whole and it stayed in a whole condition. Just later in this verse it says he immediately received his sight. The word received is in a tense that means it was a one-time action that provided lasting results. A one-time action that provided lasting results. And this was true physically, I believe, for this blind man. I don't believe that Jesus healed this blind man, and, and he had his sight, and he's running around excited, seeing the palm trees of Jericho, and going and, and seeing all the, the sunrise and the sunset, and then the next day he wakes up and he's blind again. Now how horrible would that have been? Would that, that would almost seem like Jesus was cruel, wouldn't it? I mean, would, would, would you do that to somebody? You give them such hope, and, and you heal them, and, and, the, and they're, they're, they have their sight, and then the next day it's gone. It's like, gosh, just kidding that would be horrible. But I think that's true in the physical sense. I believe, I, believe that, I believe Bartimaeus had wonderful eyesight the rest of his life. I might be wrong there, but I believe to the day he died, he could see 20-20. It was great. Jesus healed him, made it perfect. But it's true in the spiritual sense too, isn't it? Hey, you know, when Jesus saves a person, the, the, that word whole there, it actually has the idea of being made whole spiritually. Uh, that word whole, it, it, I think it's talking about a spiritual sense in which when Jesus saves a soul, He does it forever. Wouldn't it be a horrible of God to say, hey, your sins are forgiven, but tomorrow they're not. No, that's not the way it works. Jesus said, I give unto you everlasting life. He gives us eternal life. Uh, we, once we get saved, we're saved forever. We have the forgiveness of sin. We're saved Forever. The permanence of it. We'll never have to go back to being a lost sinner. He had never, I believe Bartimaeus never went back to being a blind beggar. And we should never go back to our old way because we've been saved and we're saved forever. We're made whole. That word received, I like the way, it, the, 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 the tense of it. It's a one-time action that provides lasting results. Hey, how many of you know that's true about your salvation? Man, I came and I got saved, but man, it's given eternal lasting results. The, the Holy Spirit inside of me, the fact that I'm going to heaven and not hell, my sins are forever forgiven. They're cast as far as the east is from the west. They're put in the ocean where they can never be found. That's what He's done with my sin. And it's a forever, it's a permanent Permanent cure. You know, that's the, that's the reason these, these people that teach you can lose your salvation, man. If I did, did that blind man do anything to, to regain his eyesight? You know, he couldn't even, I don't even know if he could see how to get to Jesus. He couldn't, could he? He almost had to have somebody help bring him. He did nothing to earn Jesus opening his eyes. And sometimes I think we think, you know, I did something to earn my salvation so I can do something to lose it. But let me tell you something. You, we can do nothing to earn our salvation. We're blind beggars. And all we can do is come to Jesus and have our eyes open and see the light. And, 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 and we have nothing to give Him. He gives us everything. And we cannot lose it because it depends on Him and not us. So we see the permanence of the cure. And then we see the immediacy of the cure. Look at the next part. It says, Thy faith hath made thee whole, and immediately he received his sight. Can you imagine this? As Bartimaeus comes up to Jesus, and Jesus asks him, hey, what, what do you want me to do for you? He says, Lord, grabbing thy master, would you open my eyes? I want to receive my sight. And Jesus looks at him and says, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole, and immediately he could see. <laughs> you know, before that, it was in darkness. He couldn't see the trees, he couldn't see the birds, he couldn't see the sun, he couldn't see the sky, he couldn't see his neighbor, he couldn't see his friend, he couldn't see anything. And then all of a sudden, 
he can see. Can you imagine the transformation? Can you imagine the awe? Can you imagine that moment in his life, man? Is that not awesome? I mean, just all of a sudden I was blind and now I can see. That's the reason I, you know. But the same is of salvation. We're lost, we're sinners, and when we come to Jesus, he can save us. Hey, it's not something, it's not something that we have to work for. It's not something that we have to earn and say, am I, I get to salvation today? No, he says, come unto me and I will give you rest. He says, call upon me and you shall be saved. That's the way it works. It's an immediate thing. Hey, this blind man, he was blind, but now he could see. When We were spiritually blind, but now we see. Hey, that, that dead man that he raised from the, from, from the grave, Lazarus, he was dead, but now he's alive. Hey, we were spiritually dead, but now we're alive. Hey, the poor, they're made rich in Jesus. Hey, we were, listen, we were the enemies of the cross. We were the enemies of God. But the Bible says in Romans chapter, Chapter 5, that through the blood of Jesus, we have made peace. Hey, we were the aliens. We were foreign. We, we had no part in the, in the kingdom, in the family of God. And He adopts us into His family. We're made joint heirs with Jesus. That's what happens the moment we get saved. And so the immediacy of the cure. And the last thing here we see is the consequences of the cure. We see the consequences of the cure. Now we see a couple things. First of all, we see a physical consequence of the cure. It says that he, in verse number 52, it says that he immediately received his sight. Immediately he received his sight. That's the physical consequence. I believe that, that he could see perfect till the day he dies. I might be wrong on that, but I believe it. Immediately, physical. Um, second thing, we see a spiritual consequence. He says, thy faith hath made thee whole. Uh, Spiritually, he was, he, was, he was healed. He was, he was made whole. Um, we don't have time to get into this, but there, there's a study on this. Uh, does it take the faith of the one being healed to be healed in, in the Bible? It doesn't always, does it? Uh, like, for instance, the man that was lowered down. Remember the man lowered down and the man of the palsy on the, on the bed? What did Jesus say about faith in that, that instance? He says their faith, their faith, right? So it's their faith. So this, this was not, the, the healing is not necessarily a consequence of his faith, all right? Um, another instance of, of that was like Jairus. Jairus went and wanted his daughter to be healed, right? And was, was the daughter there? Was it the faith of the daughter that healed her? No, it was the faith of the dad. And, and so it's not necessarily talking about when being made whole. And when he says, thy faith hath made thee whole, it wasn't his faith necessarily talking about, about healing in a physical sense, but it was about a, a spiritual sense. Look, you find instances in the Bible of people being made um, healed because of the faith of others. But you never, you never find anybody being saved because of the faith of others. His faith is what saved him. And listen, you, you, can, have, you can have people that pray for you, you can have all these things, but it, your fa- it, it takes personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for you to be saved. You cannot, listen to me young people, you cannot count on your parents getting you through. You cannot count on, on somebody else's faith to save you. You can't count because you have a good upbringing or you're in a good church. Listen, you must come to Jesus with your personal faith and then you can be made whole. So we see a spiritual um, consequence to this. But here's what I want you to see. There's a practical consequence to it. This, this cure, this, the consequences of the cure. It says, and immediately he received his sight. And what did he do? And he followed Jesus in the way. His life was changed forever. Amen. Hey, in Luke chapter 18, telling of the same story, 
It says that he followed glorifying God and all the people saw it and pray, gave praise to God. Can you imagine blind Bartimaeus? We already know he's calf crazy because he was crying out earlier, right? And so can you imagine blind Bartimaeus when he got his eyesight? Can you imagine that man following Jesus? I mean, you know, we're way too dignified for that. But he would have probably been shouting, raising his hands, telling everybody, Hey, I was blind, but now I see. I once was blind, but now I see. I was on the side of the road begging, but now I'm following Jesus because he's opened my eyes. After we're saved, we ought to be like this blind Bartimaeus. Amen. We ought to be following Jesus. Have you ever thought of why we have Bartimaeus' name here? In most of the miracles, you know, Jesus doesn't name people in his miracles most of the time. I know we have Lazarus' name, you know, and, and I think there's one or two others maybe. But for the most part, you don't know the names of those that were healed or those that were the miracles of Jesus, involved in the miracles of Jesus. Um, you ever thought of why they named him here? Can I tell you why I believe they named him? Because they were saying, they were saying, hey, remember that, that Brother Bart, the one that took the offering up sometimes? Remember that guy? Hey, remember that guy in the church that, that was always there and praising God? A little crazy, but always praising God in the church. Remember that guy? Blind Bar- that was blind Bartimaeus. Let me tell you his story. This is what happened to him. I honestly, because Jesus was just now, where was he going? He's going to the cross, right? He's following him there. Hey, what's going to happen just five or six weeks after that? They're going to start this church, this Acts church thing, what they're going to be, and there's going to be a huge church there in Jerusalem. And you know who I think was part of that church? I think Bartimaeus was. I think he was there and praising the Lord and giving honor and serving God with his life. A lot of us think it's all about the salvation, but listen, Bartimaeus knew it was more than that. Jesus saved me, and since he saved me, I know he's worthy of me following, and I'm going to give him my life. That's what he's going to do. I'm going to follow him. Hey, look, some of you, you've been saved, but you're not following Jesus. Hey, you're not, hey, you forgot about what he's done for you. You, you forgot you were blind, but now you see. We're, 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 we're way past that, Brother Jason. We're way dignified now, and, you know, I've been saved for 50 years, and, and, you know. No, hey, I believe blind Bartimaeus is still praising the Lord 50 years later. I believe he's still following Jesus till the day he died because God had done a great thing for him. And listen, God has done a great thing for you. He has saved you, and we ought to be following Jesus with our lives. So conclusion, let me give you a quick conclusion. Let's look at the contrast here. Bartimaeus and another person we find in, this, in this, this very same chapter, the rich young ruler. What happened? We see Bartimaeus here, he's poor, but what happened? He became eternally rich. But this ruler, what was he? He was rich, but he left eternally poor. Hey, this rich young uh, this, this Bartimaeus, he comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, have mercy on me. I have nothing to give you. I have no merit. I have nothing. Have mercy on me. What did the rich young ruler Lord, I've, I've kept all those commandments. Hey, he lied about his character, lied about his goodness, thought he was good enough, didn't need Jesus. Here's the last thing. What happened with Bartimaeus after he was healed, after he got, got saved? It says that he went, how'd he, how'd he go away? He went away following Jesus, singing praises to God. Look back at, look back at chapter 10. Verse number 22, what happened to the rich young ruler? It says, and he was sad at the saying and went away grieved. Hey, look, are you going to come to Jesus like Bartimaeus? Say, Lord, have mercy on me. If you do, you'll go away singing praises and happy. 
Are you going to rely on yourself like the rich young ruler and go away sad and grieve? So, we should let nothing stop us from coming to Jesus. We should follow the example of the Savior. Never be too busy. Look, if I can stress one point to you tonight, it's this. There's, there is a world out there that's blinded by their sin. And you know what Jesus is calling you to do? To go to them and give a message of comfort. Give a message for them to make a choice. Give a message of the gospel to them. And so we need to be going out and telling them about Jesus. And we should never stop following Jesus and praising Him for what He's done for us. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.